Dude, I don't know. I had stopped and I don't know if I hit record for the last section that we talked about. I'm not joking. And where did we stop? I don't know. I got to go listen to the files once I download them. Uh, but I think we lost the stuff about intellectualism and the Kneipe Kultur. Today, talking with Stefan from Slovakia. Him and I go way back. And we're going to talk a little bit today just about what's it like to be a foreigner in Germany, some of the things we liked, some of the things that were surprising. Uh, I was surprised in Germany. So, first of all, 99% of students live in the single rooms, you know. Yeah, and, and the one thing I've noticed, yeah, and it was both in Leipzig as well as in uh, in Bond, like usually, like I wasn't visiting the person even when it was like a friend or like. Where Germans, I think they're like life is very individualized. I mean, here to some degree, but even more so there, I think. So that's why everyone has their room. It might be a tiny little room, but that's like your little corner of the world that you can control everything in. Exactly, exactly. We in Slovakia say, we have this proverb or saying, my house, my uh, castle, you know, and for the Germans, even the room is their house, you know, their castle, their, their, their private, you know, thing. And yeah, so what was interesting, you know, like, like two of us, or even in German with other foreigners, you know, we would visit ourselves in each other's rooms and it was nice not that i would insist but for me it was kind of weird like my close friend like close german friend would never ever well has never ever like invited me to his room you know so i was like okay what stood out so for me it actually became clear early on in germany there was a guy steve you might have you know steve too probably no, I haven't met him. Okay. Haven't so theological him. student, Steve. And I remember uh, he spoke really good English. So I couldn't speak when I first came to Germany. And he was really nice and sometimes informing me of different stuff because the house had all these activities and responsibilities and, and stuff like that. And one time he came up to my room to let me know something. And I opened the door kind of expecting him to come into my room. Yeah. And he would just like, stood there like not crossing the threshold. And I remember thinking, oh, and I actually told him like, because I, I, it seemed awkward to me because I was opening the door and it was like he wasn't coming in and he was just talking, telling me whatever information he came. And I, then I even said like, oh, like, do you want to just come in? And he was like, okay. And kind of like timidly almost came into the room. And I remember thinking like, oh, I wonder if he's just like uncomfortable or something. And I think it was actually just the German thing. You know, he wasn't expecting because he didn't really know me that well. He was just trying to help me out with a few things here and there when I was first. A lot of people helped me out, but he was one of them. And I think I just do remember thinking at the time, like, oh, it seems strange. He did almost like he didn't want to come into the room because I was just so used to that. And so it's just like a it's a funny it was a funny thing. And then later I realized, oh, nobody goes into each other's rooms, really. Yeah, but dude, there was exception. As we said, like nobody, nobody, you know, visits uh, the other person in his or her room but there was one exception do you remember this like i don't know how they call it, like the little house fest you know the little, little house <laughs> celebration whatever when like basically uh, it was like the house fest or something yeah everybody basically it was like a big party for the whole like dormitory and some close friends and everybody would like tidy up his room or there would be like this um 
Yeah, it'd be like a theme. Sometimes I hated it when it was like yeah, a it was a themed or whatever. But basically, costume party, like the like everybody opened the doors to his room, and there was like specific theme topic or different music in every room, and then we would visit. You know, yeah. Sure. didn't have a problem with this, dude. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And almost everybody was obliged. Like if somebody didn't open their room, it kind of seemed like they were antisocial. You know. No, in basically, actually, maybe the reason, you know, it was like the rule, you know, for the German. It was like, okay, we have the thing, we have this like huge party for the whole house, and it's part of the, the community, solidarity, whatever. Part of the community, but part of the rule on which we agreed, on which we had, which, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah that was is. the only exception. And I was, in like 10 or 15 different rooms, you know, and nobody, nobody had a problem with it. That's interesting. But then another thing, and I don't know how you were in Slovakia, but I mentioned uh, in the outline anyway, like a red light. So most people, if they spend a longer time in Germany, will be surprised that Germans, obviously there's always an exception that uh, proves the rule, but almost everybody stops at the red stop sign. Like the little guy that says yeah. stop, you just, you stop. And if it's green, you go and the car is respected. The people respect it. So you can be in the middle of the night walking home and the red guy stands there and basically you stop even if there's no car in sight. Yeah. That's something, that's something um, which amazed me, you know, all the time. And, you know, I'm still amazed by the thing. Because, like, even I'm not trying to cross the red lights, you know, when there are cars on the street and everything. And even our parents, when we were kids, okay, you know, just use the street only when there is a sign, the, the, the green lights. Yeah. Uh, but but also, yeah, but I would cross the street if there are no cars on the street at all. I would just cross the street because I don't see any point to to you know and i will say waste, waste time and in germany what i remember and it was more in like form of western germany than in eastern germany but when i went to this mesa and you remember it was like you know a tiny not really a wide street not that many traffic close to the university and i was surprised like and i felt like weird because like there were no cars and I didn't even look at the lights, you know. I I, I wasn't just like, you know, I just, just crossed the street. And then I realized that I was the only one. I look around and, Yeah, so you know? sometimes you could actually have, I know it'd be hard for some people to know, like realize here but or there, I think. But you can sometimes have like 20 Germans waiting for a red, for a green light across a, pa- a crossing sign yeah. when there's no cars coming. And they're all just patiently waiting. And they're all just patiently waiting. And I was, and I, was I was looking because uh, they used to sometimes they have even a sign over the the ampel the the streetlight, and it says I looked it up. It's like nur bei Grün den Kindern ein Vorbild. It's basically mm-hmm. like only walk when it's green as a role model for the children, you know. And I do know as I was in Germany for a while, I became more and more accustomed to that culture. And there were some times, and I'd be like, ah, fuck it. You know, I'll cross whenever. And then sometimes I'd be there and then there'd be like a mom with her two kids across the street. And I think, oh, you know what? 
there's no cars, but they kind of got to me, you know, I'd be like, I'm going to wait, yeah. wait for green. I don't want to be a and, bad example. And especially at the Menza, uh, Menza, whatever crossroads, you know? Yeah. Cause when it was a I small little tiny the, street. Yeah. It, it was a tiny street. And but no cars ever I, came. I mean, once every 20 minutes or so. But dude, every time I broke the rule, you know, and there was like other person walking with me because like I wouldn't do it, you know, at the end of my stay there, I just like became accustomed to it when there were more people. Dude, they were always, you know. You'd always drag some people down with you. I would identify that the other person were foreigner because they were either from Spain or Latin America or whatever, Romania, because I could hear them talking, you know, because they were foreigners. So only the foreigners just like were, were crossing the street. What time? It reminded me. It reminded me this movie. It's called in our translation. It's called Rabbi Priest and the Beautiful Blonde Girl. But <laughs> in uh, the American original is entitled, I guess, Keeping the Faith. And I guess that in this movie there is a scene like in New York. There are there is a dude and you know no cars on the street, and this priest or rabbi says, "Just guys, just just be free, just." Just cross the street, you know. <laughs> there are no cars, you know. Uh, oh, that's coming funny. here, and it always reminded me this like this movie that just I wanted to give the Germans this freedom. Just guys, rules are important, but just why waste your time here? It was funny. Um, even my sister, when she came to visit once, we were walking back, and this is I had when I had been there a few times. And she had her, you know, I was carrying some of her luggage and she was pulling another little like tote bag. And uh, we were on like, we were going to cross like Bonner Talvig. It's kind of large street, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah, I know the street. And it was late. I, we had gone to the airport. I picked her up from the airport and we were walking back and it turned red and I just stopped just out of habit. And she just like stops in the middle of the street, turns around is like, what are you doing? And I was just like, oh, sorry. I'm just so used to stopping but for her it was like oh there's no cars coming she doesn't even register that it's red just like turned around in the street was like hey and i was like oh i'm just so used to the german you know habitus and then but uh in relation to this i don't know if you ever had this experience but they're really also a little bit uh let's say uptight about and this is we're we're speaking in generalities you know yeah but sometimes about like walking on the sidewalk and not on the street Cause I was, I remember once I was walking just down the middle of a small street, there were no cars coming and it was a nice day. And I was walking towards the Rhine and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the Grubenstrasse towards the Rhine and I was just walking, minding my own business. And I thought, Oh, there's no cars. And I just didn't even think, you know, I thought if there's a car, I'll get out of the way. And then this lady with her bike rides past me and basically said like something like, this gate up and of the Straße or something like, like, Oh, that that's okay. But not on the street, you know, like telling me to get over. Yeah. But where are you on this like specific, like, um, part of the street, which is reserved for the bikes. No, I was just on the street. You were just the on the street. I had the problem with these, like, uh, the bike lane, the bike lane on the sidewalk. Because like in Slovakia, we have some of these bike lanes and so on, but usually if there's a bike lane, you know, you just... Um, the bikes have to work around you a little bit. 
yeah, a little bit. Or maybe the problem is that usually we we had sidewalks and sometimes they would make a bike lane. You know, it's not like dedicated bike lane which will be built out from the scratch or whatever. But and but also we are much more tolerant for, for the people to use like the normal sidewalk as a bike lane if they're um, patient and uh, respectful to the people who walk. Because sometimes to use a bike on a normal street would be comparable to a suicide, you know, yeah. because sometimes, you know, in Central Eastern Europe, uh, the, well, drivers are not that respectful, you know, to... to the cyclists people to the, to the cyclists exactly so and i what happened to me in germany so i was walking nobody was there you know on this like dedicated bike lane on the sidewalk and dude the guy i don't know i didn't hear anything but he he, uh, he almost he almost crashed to me you know he, he thought that i don't know whatever and then he shouted something you know do arsley and i and i did you know and i didn't get the point, you know, just just a little bit later, you know, like when like, okay, maybe that's because I'm on a bike lane, okay, but what's the problem? He could like the whole silo get a lot of space, you know, to move around. But, but he's this thinking is, this is the bike lane. I got to stick to it. I can't yeah, exactly. And you know, you but you get used to it. It does function after a while. Because I remember once I was biking around, I would also get annoyed at pedestrians that they were getting too much in the bike lane but when you're from somewhere else it's really hard it's really hard but this is maybe the thing like of germans you know like especially when i was young or at the high school our teachers of german told us who study in germany you know as students or whatever they're like in germany you know this german you know preciseness you know order is uh huge respect to rules sometimes also a little rigidness it's something what works for them and they're used to it i re- i i'm not sure whether it was you or one of your uh american classmates or my american classmates i don't know but you know they had to whatever show some documents either at the faculty or at the university or there was some like weird rule that you have to both register for the program both at the faculty and at the university you know and that was your case yes and you had to show the original document because when i went to pick up my master's degree i had done the whole goddamn master's degree and the uh the guy who oversees you know, granting the degree or picking up, it was to pick up the degree. So I passed, passed the master's thesis, passed all the courses. As a formality, just like. As a formality. It was like just going over to pick it up. And he was like, oh no, I don't have record that we ever saw your original. I just have a copy. And I said, yeah, but I had to show it to matriculate, you know, at the university. And he was like, oh no, but yeah, the I university need... has seen your document, like the university was said, like yeah. this is the highest authority, you know, university office. But yeah. the faculty hadn't a record that they saw it. So I had to get my and thank God I had it. 
because I had to have my parents ship it over originally because I thought a copy would be okay anyway. Um, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh no. So I had to have it shipped. So I had it there and I had to go back, arrange another time so that he could record that they verified that I had the original document. So for me, it just seemed absurd, but yeah, that's just kind of and this how they is work. The German like rigidness, you know, they have this rule and they would obey. Sometimes it's fine, you know, with Slovakian or Eastern European bureaucracy. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't work. You have to produce certain documents, then they require you to bring other documents, and it can differ from department to department. Now, maybe I'm, like, uh, overemphasizing it, but anyway. But in Germany, once they have these rules, once you do what they want you to do, you have no problem. But if you don't do it, even if it doesn't make sense, you have a problem. And this was the case, you know, because like, I don't know, the university has seen your documents, everything, you know, so you were supposed to get your degree certificate. But, you know, the rule is the rule. Because it's the know? rule. And if they don't have the discrepancy to do that, they don't feel comfortable going outside of their own authority. So for that guy in that department, it's kind of like, well, that's his, you know, if he would let that fly, then he could be responsible for giving out a false degree for all he knows. You know, he he couldn't take the universities because that was the rule. So he had to abide by it, basically. But you're right. Yeah. If you follow the rules in Germany, it goes very smooth. If you don't, it doesn't matter if you think the rules don't make sense. You're going to have difficulty. But uh, yeah, anything else you want to do? Like anything else that stood out to you that you can think of that? Well, what stood out to me was this like vegetarian thing, dude. Yeah, I know. Me, me too. Even from the states. So, like in Slovakia, you know, not that I have anything against vegetarians at all, and now it's becoming more and more common that some is vegetarian, or even I would say we are more vegans than vegetarians. Okay. Back then, like I don't know, five, six years ago, or when we studied there together. It came to me like a weird thing that there are so many vegetarians there and some of them were like, I would call them like ethic vegetarians or vegetarians who are vegetarians for ethical reasons. Okay, I'm not eating meat, normal meat, which I can buy in a normal, whatever, normal store uh, because I don't know what the, the origin of the meat is, you know, so... So, oh, yeah, I don't know if it was mainly treated or if it was part of some factory, whatever. So, if once grandpa killed you know on the hunt, he would eat the meat, but otherwise not. And yeah, but also like vegetarians who were vegetarian for health reasons and so on. So, and the one time I realized that this uh, it's not a problem, but like. How this was an is, is, issue. It was an issue. Issue. Right? How, how, how big an issue is that in Germany when I organized or when I was uh, preparing the party, organizing and managing uh, my 30th birthday and I wanted to be nice, whatever. And I just thought, okay, what, what, what am I going to cook or prepare and kind of easy thing to prepare a meal for, for 50 person was to make a chicken con carne, you know, like you had like this means meat and corn or whatever. 
And then one girl asked me, okay, and what are you going to cook like for vegetarians? Like, oh, okay, chili con carne. Okay. And is that an issue? And she said, yeah, so how many vegetarians are here? Like around one third of the house is vegetarian. Oh my gosh. So what should I prepare? So I'll just prepare chili sin carne, you know? So instead of meat, I would prepare the same the thing chili. without meat. The same thing without meat with, uh, I guess it was uh, carrots, with carrots. I would like fry carrots. Because I remember and, helping you prepare for that. Yeah, you prepared, you held me back. And I remember you, you talked with uh, our mutual friend and you said, hey, from Mexico. And you said, hey, like, tell me how to cook a really good chili con carne. And he said, well, that's really not Mexican. That's more like Tex-Mex. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, I remember that that was, uh, it was an issue where you thought, hey, we'll have, we'll have this. And then. It was a, a like just a I don't know thing like well what are you gonna have for the vegetarians but uh, then uh, yeah we can keep we can keep moving on and anything you want to add to but let's talk a little bit about some of the cliches of Germany that didn't correspond to how you thought that they would they would be so what were some of the cliches that you found untrue. Well, I'm not used to believing in cliches, you know, like, but or stereotypes well, one of the cliches is that, yeah, the, 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 the Germans are more, we would say like Slovakians that they are cold, you know, cold, like uh, in English, you would say maybe always being too serious or even the Germans, they have this nice word. I don't know how you would translate it into English, like distanziert. What I do understand, distance here is more like they keep their, or we would say they keep their distance, you know. It's not that easy to become, like, close friends with them, you know. Yeah. Dude, it's so difficult to translate, you know. We would say, like, cold in slug, but they would keep their, they would, okay, they would protect, in a way, their privacy. Yeah, so that was a cliche, and... Partially it was true, partially it was not. And it really depends depends on a person and on a setting. Let's say like Eastern Germans, people from former Eastern Germany who share the same whatever socialism communist experience with us, they're more like open, I would say, in this way, more like Eastern European-like. And also at the university setting, it does depend whether the person has studied abroad or didn't study abroad or whatever. But generally, I would say, yeah, that this was like true with few exceptions. It's, it's uh, easier to befriend them. Or even sometimes the Rhinelander, you know, the people from the Rhineland. Yeah, the they, Rhineland. They do tend to be a little bit more, a little more open, I would say, than some other areas of Germany. So, yeah, but this, uh, this actually, yeah, it's, it proved to be partially wrong, but that's maybe what we expected. People are not the same, you know, even within like the country. So a couple of things that surprised me is I think Germans were a lot less serious than I thought, but only because they're, they have some, you know, at least in the States, some reputation about always you know, not having a sense of humor and just kind of, yeah, being very serious. And I don't know even where that, necessarily comes from uh but i i didn't find that at all i mean i was very surprised how just you know especially at the the place where i lived 
how open people were. You know, at the student house, they were just very welcoming and it was easy to to just kind of be there, you know. Um it maybe there's different, you know, the maybe these differences, you know, can be seen um, much stronger, you know, in different settings. Let's say at the university, you know, the professors were very serious, generally, I would say. But at the dorm, at the student dorm, you know, <laughs> it's a student dorm, you know. They are more serious maybe than Americans or Eastern Europeans. And usually there is this culture that you wouldn't, you know, visit one another in each other's rooms. Yeah, but otherwise we would drink together, we would have parties, we would, you know, have a great time together. I, I have heard this multiple times, and, and this is a little bit maybe true to the cliche about the seriousness, and it's regarding how serious they take certain things. So I do know some Germans who would complain about meeting Americans, and they would think that they're best friends maybe after two or three months, where a lot of Germans they cultivate friendships even from like kindergarten all you know and so they have these long-term friendships and because americans tend to be and this is also general not always the case but a little more open more talkative more forthcoming with their emotions and such that sometimes people germans would meet an american and they would think oh we just like really connected that person was so open with me that must mean we're going to be these good friends for a long time because we spent a semester abroad together you know and then the American would go back to the States and they would never hear from them again. And they would think like, oh, that person's really shallow. Where it's not necessarily that the person is shallow. It's just more part of the culture that you're always sharing your emotional thoughts and all that bullshit, you know? Okay. That's a nice thing you kind of like raised. Like what Slovakians maybe or Eastern Europeans would think about like Americans we would all also say that like, you are shallow, or some people would say that the Americans are shallow. You know why? Because like you have this like uh, thing, uh, keep smiling culture, and I like it. You know, when there is like a receptionist or lady in a grocery store, the cashier, the cashier. You know, like in America, the person, and you have to. You know, I worked in part time, whatever, in McDonald's and. There was this like in Slovakian McDonald's, but we would have to smile and everything and be polite and so on. And even to our Slovakian customers in our Slovakian shops, you have to do it. But people can understand that you're not smiling all the time. Maybe you had a bad day, you know, whatever. You split up, you know, you, you just divorced or whatever. So you have to be like, we expect these people in the services to be polite. But we don't expect them to shine as the morning sun, you know? Yeah, you expect <laughs> like cordiality then to be cordial, but not to be, yeah, like you said, like the rising sun, like, hey, it's great to see you. <laughs> and in America, in America, you know, like you're smiling all the time. There is this keep smiling culture. And sometimes, you know, like the Eastern European can much more appreciate if you're like, uh, Stop. authentic no authentic you know in a way that you're cordial but not not really not pretending you know not acting we would say like americans are acting you know and we know like americans have depressions too you know and you're taking 
medicine you know like you know whatever antidepressant so but this like the part of american culture which like let's say some europeans would regard as a shallowness you know like in germany dude like in germany there was this lady there was this uh grocery store ever close to our dormitory and i've told her, like germans are always very polite and everything but like uh but she was when you bought something and she was like smiling on time, but, but I think I know was, who you're talking she about. She was acting, yeah. And, and there, there is this like German expression, you know, like Germans told me that. And I had, I discussed this issue with one, one of our like, uh, whatever, uh, classmates who said, like, she's scheißfreundlich, you know, yeah. like, I don't know how to translate it. Like, even they were like, the Germans were like, because maybe the employee has required them to be like, too polite and smile or whatever, but she was she was making fun of it. She was like shy, friendly, uh, like like shit like, friendliness. But that's shit friendly, yeah. but something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. That's it. And I will say, and this, I don't, but some of that I think is well, as much as like cultural with this whole like superficiality of Americans. At the same time, I do think that Americans tend to treat relationships more as um more transactional so mm-hmm. you have more like when yeah the waiter is nice to you because they want to get a good tip not always but but oftentimes that that's the case but right now even here it's changing uh so mm, well i expect i don't expect like something like like acting. Right now I'm living in a like smaller town, you know, not far from the capital. And there is this, uh, we're under lockdown, so you can only take, you know, coffee with you. It's everything is takeaway. But anyway, I found this, uh, whatever, cafeteria. And it's nice people, I've seen not the crowd, but people waiting in the line. And I just see like donuts. We are like American style donuts, you know, and very good coffee. And there are these two young people at the age 25, 125, and they're very cordial, you know, and they are not acting. It's it's not pretended. I can feel it's not pretended, but like sometimes the question, so how do you feel? How's your like morning or whatever? I feel like, okay, it's too much for me. You know? <laughs> I'm going to give you a tip. I really like you. You're nice. And I love that you love your job and everything, but they're just like, and I don't think it's pretending, but it's too much for me. Like it's too much. <laughs> like, like, it's like, like a very like lady on. who wants to go. <laughs> just like, okay. Just like, Relax, I was like, relax, guys, you know? Yeah. And I even feel well, like, you know, because I don't want to give them, like, um, just formal answers, you know, formal answers. They were like, how's your morning? And I feel like she, I, I, you know, I woke up, let's say, two hours ago, I have to go to work, or I just don't know. I had an argument with my girlfriend or something. And I don't want to tell them, okay, I feel like shit, and that's the reason why I want to get this delicious coffee, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but it's you know, but I can't tell it to them. Oh, I I could tell it to them, but you know, it would be weird because like the conversation should follow the line, you know. And that's why I would think that in America too, we don't always. It's kind of a it's a cultural thing as well, where we don't expect 
when we say, hey, how are you doing today? Or like, hey, you having a good day or something? We don't actually want people to say, no, actually, my day was shit. Yeah, and like, actually, and this is actually, yeah, I like, want to, I would say something about this. Yeah, because so, but to finish the thought real quick is I think that what I noticed in Germany is they take things more literally. So they have a lot of cultural codes that people don't always know. You know, it's like, well, we do this here because of this and this reason. Where in the States, even though people don't always acknowledge it, we do a lot of stuff merely for cultural reasons and kind of uh, custom, you know, it's, it's like custom. And so you say like, Hey, how's it going? And we don't actually want to know how it's going. And that doesn't mean that necessarily we're superficial. It's just, that's like saying like, hello in some cultures, you know? And so, in, but in some cultures to say, how, how's it going? They actually expect a legitimate answer where here we might use something a little more, you know, like when somebody's alone, you might say, Hey, how are you really doing? Or, you, you know, you might use some language that's different where, how's it going? Like there's, there was a time in Germany when I walked into the kitchen with a, a American guy and he said, and I said like, how's it going? He's like, oh, what he was, I said like, what's up? And he said, how's it going? And then this German was like, what are you guys doing? Cause I didn't, we didn't expect an answer Th- Those how's it going and what's up are almost just like saying hello yeah. in any other culture. But these cultural codes are also interesting and there have been like a lot of articles in Slovakian newspaper because of what is common right now, these like shared uh, business service centers, let's say we have IBM, Lenovo, Hewlett-Packard for Africa, India, and so on. And there are a lot of foreigners, many foreigners work there. And uh, yeah, so, and the American or the British guy would be surprised if he asks us, so how are you doing, you know, or I don't know what the British expression is. And, then the Slovakian person would start this whole like, oh yeah, the, oh I'm feeling like shit. The argument with my girlfriend, I have hangover, you know, the problem with my mom who is in the hospital, and then the dude is like, like, what the hell is they? I didn't <laughs> want to hear the whole story. But also speaking about cultural codes, even in Slovakia, when you're like, how are you doing? When you meet a person who is just like your acquaintance, then it's also like. Impolite. Well, you wouldn't say like, what's up? How are you doing? What's up? But you would say something. But in Eastern Europe, you always, you can't really show that you are really like satisfied and happy. It would feel like weird, you know? You remember our friend from Croatia, you know, the more Eastern or Southern European you're, uh, you're like, then more like the answer is let's say pessimistic you know so it's like i said well, so how are you doing and the answer will like, no i'm fine i'm feeling great but you would say yeah it's it's going it's it's going you know it's it could be better it's not bad that's that's a standard answer you know <laughs> kind of so how are you doing yeah i'm fine but even in the tone of your voice and melody yeah it's not bad you know like i'm surviving dude and you could you could you could have won like billion euros in the lottery and so yeah you know it's going but my girlfriend you know and the job side you know <laughs> yeah and you remember our friend from Croatia yeah. you know he was like yeah so how are you going and he could you know have a great day you know get the new job yeah it's just like, who knows what's gonna happen and this and that and <laughs> so this is uh, this kind of you know and I would call it like pretend it's pessimism in a way 
it's it's a Eastern European thing or a Southern European thing, you know. So so almost to yeah. seem too positive, even if you got like, hey, I got a raise. No, you can't I got be this. too positive. I, yeah, I can't imagine. You know, like I, I would ask any somebody, you know, like, how are you doing? I so I'm feeling great, dude. <laughs> I just like I said, like, what a pretentious asshole, asshole you are. You're like, because you're like, like, what could happen? Like, you don't know whatever is going to happen to you. Like. Yeah, but like then always there's also this like I would say yeah even the just like you think great did like like what the hell happened you know I won like million euros or like you know just like you can't be that happy because you're not that happy you know yeah so, and and as far as I remember when I asked somebody like how are you doing like I've never ever heard an answer yeah I'm feeling great I'm doing absolutely <laughs> I'm satisfied with my life completely. <laughs> 